0: hello hello who is this
1: (laughs) (laughs) we've been trying to reach you about your extended warranty (laughs) so So, hey hey what's up guys Um, why aren't we sleeping yeah welcome to episode three of the why aren't we sleeping podcast This is us giving up on trying to find an intro because we didn't really like the Hey! No. It's very 2014 YouTube. Yeah. And it's just not really us. So I feel like we should just go with the flow. Just start recording. Don't even tell me. Sweet. And we'll just go. Um,
0: So why aren't you sleeping? This week, I feel like I'm not sleeping just because I've been watching Sex and the City the whole time. (laughs) Literally two nights ago, I stayed up all night finishing it. And then I was had a hour-long pa- panic attack because of the amount of caffeine I drank the next day. But I finished it, and I'm really sad. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I need to watch it again. It,
1: I, I told you, it's always sad when a series ends, but... It's like breaking up with someone. Right.
0: But you could it's watch like, it oh, again. You, you
1: grew up so fast.
0: You could watch it again, but it's never going to be the same. Right why aren't you sleeping
1: uh well because I'm drinking coffee at 12 29 a.m I'm really glad I got you <laughs> done coffee yeah um I started drinking I I really don't drink like hot coffee ever and um or drink coffee in general mm. um but it tastes good I like it it's very so good so I'm kind of I it a little bit more, like, buying stuff to make it here instead yeah. of going out to buy it. So um.
0: See, how I got hooked on it was initially the um, Cinnamon Dolce Latte from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is delicious, and it actually has, like, a significant coffee flavor, and I got used to it. And then one time I went home, and my mom was like, here, your Aunt Julie left this bag of coffee here. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. Cinnamon Dolce, Starbucks, coffee so grounds. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. So I took it here. I got an almond creamer so I didn't shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am now. I have an entire bag of Chamberlain coffee. That's what I'm drinking right now at twelve thirty p.m. AM? AM. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I the amount of times I have Googled is midnight noon or no. Oh my god, is midnight noon. The amount of times I've Googled is twelve PM noon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guarantee it's always in my Google search history. Yeah. I have no concept of time. Um
1: anyways, well, so just coffee. Uh yeah, um I recently uh paid off all of my parking tickets. Yeah. Uh, it was funny because Golf I I just got home. So we're recording this like we're recording this 2 days after uh we Put our second episode out, uh, because Grace is leaving mm. next week. Said. But um, so I just I just came back from my house because my mom cut my boyfriend's hair and uh, my dad gave us some positive and negative feedback on the podcast he listened, which I really appreciate. Constructive criticisms. Yes. And really the only negative thing he had to say was that I curse too much. Oh. And, well that's why we have the explicit tag on our podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but um and like I I totally like see where he's coming from. I mean cuz I mean, he being was a saying, dad he was saying that I was cursing way more than than you were like he only counted a couple times that you had mm. cursed. And
0: I guess I have my I kid mean, filter on still from the summer.
1: I respectfully will take that into consideration, dad. And I will try to curse a little bit less, but I'm definitely not going to stop cursing. <laughs> um, it's, what'd you expect? You raised me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I, I, I went home and I got something in the mail and I opened it and it was another freaking notice about my uh, parking tickets. Oh, so I got back here and I literally paid all of them because I got my stimulus check. Hey, so I don't get one.
0: <sighs> I don't understand. Dad, why do you make too much money? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm grateful, but I want money
1: <laughs> right now. Um, my parents are probably not gonna like to hear this, but I did buy a Nintendo Switch. Um we bought it, a Fortnite. It was a economical purchase on my part because, first of all, you guys might judge me but I'm really obsessed with fortnite right now <laughs> and I might be a 12 year old boy on the inside but it's actually really fun because um, all of my siblings play Fortnite together so I play with them when I go to my boyfriend's house and I was like you know what okay I want to play fortnite like at my place mm-hmm. and but I don't need like a PS4 or anything you yeah know, I don't need too much that's the only game I play on it so I was like oh my god. You can play Fortnite on Nintendo Switch. Are you kidding me? And I love Animal Crossing and the Mario games and Dude, all of that. It's so fun. I'm so excited. And so I actually got the Animal Crossing <laughs> edition of it. So it's like this, like, light or this, like, pastel green. So cute. And, uh, teal and then the the console that like you put the Nintendo Switch on, it's like beige. It's really cute. And it's got like this little water scene and three little bears on a little <laughs> island. It's so cute. Um. So yeah, Um. that's pretty much been my week. So we want your guys' input because we are having a little bit of trouble like finding a niche for like... Something consistent in our intros. Yes. So so for, for this episode, we are going to be focusing on music news.
0: Things that are, are happening in
1: the industry right now. Because we want to warm you guys up. And I know... <laughs> that sounded really weird. <laughs> <laughs> we want to kind of have a, a smooth transition between talking about us and talking about music. Mm-hmm. And... We don't have to keep it all on music news. We can talk about pop culture, but this works out great because a few things happened this week, the Grammys and um, stuff like that, that relates to music and is also something that a lot of people know about. Yeah. So hopefully we can. But if you guys have any suggestions of what you think we should do, please like tweet at us.
0: We could do smaller artist shout outs, our favorite songs of the week, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Sweet. Yeah. So this week I've pulled out a few things. Mm-hmm. First being Addison Ray's new song, yes, which we just for research purposes listened to it for the first time. If you don't know who Addison Ray is, she is a TikTok really star. famous
1: TikToker, and she does does this nose scrunchy thing, and um, she's
0: dating Bryce Hall.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean I'm not quite fond of any of. Yeah, those people but this song I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I think it's very catchy and she's like basically the point of the song is she's saying oh this guy told me he's obsessed with me and I'm obsessed with me too. Yeah. It's just like self love. Yeah. I don't know and it's catchy but the music video it's way overly sexual and I need to speak to the choreographer because she's a dancer and they did not do her justice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what I heard
0: wasn't that
1: bad or anything. I don't really think everybody is meant to be a professional singer. I think a lot of people that are famous end up making some sort of music, and it either takes mm-hmm. off or it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, and I think most of the time it doesn't really go anywhere. But um,
0: I think at this point it was a decent song, but like yeah. you're saying, it's definitely not gonna like chart. It's not gonna right because because she has that image of the TikTok star that's just never gonna leave her. Yeah, she's like.
1: like like, baby Ariel. Mm-hmm. Baby Ariel. Ariel. Because um,
0: there are people like Troye Sivan yeah. and, like, Sean Mendez who, like, rose above their, like, yeah YouTuber, minor like MagCon thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think she'll ever get out of that TikTok realm enough to mm-hmm. take off. Like, Dixie D'Amelio. Right. She did a song with Liam Payne, and she still is nobody. Right. Um, Moving on.
1: what? Oh, so... It's very fitting that I am going, my topic, or my artist for this week is Billie Eilish because she just uh, came out as blonde. (laughs) Um, And I think I like it more than you do now. Like, I thought you liked it more in the beginning and I didn't. I love it. I love it. I think. And the cut, it's so 60s. Yeah. And I I feel like she's just kind of going back to her roots because she started off like platinum. Yeah blonde and
0: uh, she is blonde yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just want to know how they got that black dye out of her hair right yeah or if it's a wig because her hair at the grammys was a wig no
1: i think it was a wig because she might have been in the process of bleaching it that's a really good point like it could have been just like orange
0: you're definitely right because the TikToks she's been posting are from like january yeah it was a wig the end of january
1: I love I love her hair so much and she's just perfect in every way like she literally can rock anything.
0: She, she looks amazing. Literally, I didn't even know. I was going to say me. I was going to say diet brown, but then I forgot that that's a normal hair color. <laughs> like I was going to be like she could diet brown like poop. <laughs> but brown is oh, never mind. So, my next music news story is the Grammys. Which Billy was at in her wig. That's why she was wearing a hat the whole time. Um, but I wanted to talk about first of all Harry Styles, his black leather suit, mm-hmm. custom Gucci with the boa. Oh my god, <laughs> that suit! I wish he would have worn it the whole time because I did like his other suits, but that oh my 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 heart was beaten. And every time I saw his tattoo, I was like, oh, my God, look, I have that tattoo. (laughs) If anyone listening didn't know, I got Harry Styles' butterfly tattoo that he has on his um, stomach on my rib cage. It looks so good. I love it. Um, So, and then they did Harry and Billy's performances back to back and then Mm -hmm. showed them listening to each other, which I was like, in my head, I was like, if I was in that room, I would be dead. On the floor dead. Yeah. Like my two favorite people. So that was Highlight. Oh my God, Harry won a Grammy. He's a Grammy winner now, finally. He deserved it for his first album, but it's whatever. But what I really wanted to talk about was the new duo in town, Silk Sonic. It's Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. What? They performed. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. It I was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. And I love Anderson Pack so much. And I love Bruno Mars so much. Yeah. They did this like... Like 60s, 70s, they had the big go-go glasses. And... I saw
1: uh, he posted a picture or uh, a video in his outfit.
0: Yeah, so. it was I loved so good. Large. And I'm so excited for their new music. But what I wanted to talk about was the Outside Lands Festival lineup came out. Oh. They're doing it um, in October. They changed it from August to Halloween weekend. Hollow Weekend, Outside Lands, Listen to This Lineup, Tame Impala, yes. Lizzo, The Strokes, Tyler the Creator, Vampire Weekend, J Balvin, Kalani, Glass Animals, Young Thug. Um, this is, oh, a uh, artist that my brother Will really likes is, I'm going to butcher the name, it's Krongbin. He's like, he's <laughs> a, he does um, like EDM type stuff. Mm-hmm. But Lord Huron, Nelly, uh, Brittany Howard, Melanie Martinez, Sophie Tucker, Sharon Van Etten, which they're the like um, Van Halen ripoff, oh. <laughs> but they're really good. Flo Millie, Rico Nasty. Who else? Trevor Daniel. He did the um, that one TikTok song that was falling. Mm. Um, I forgot how it goes. But MxM Tune. Let's see who else. Scary Pool Party. My Baby Alejandro. He was on um, American Idol a few mm-hmm. seasons ago. and Where is this festival? San Francisco. Oh, okay. Golden Gate Park. Ooh. But yeah, if I were going, I would camp for Scary Pool Party because I love him.
1: I've only been to San Francisco once, and all I remember from that trip was seeing the seals on the pier (laughs) (laughs) and we bought these marionette puppets and they were really cute but we definitely broke them because we don't have them anymore but
0: um oh the only time i've ever been to california was i spent an hour in the orange county airport on the Mm. way to kawa that's it i think that's it for our music news um yeah i guess i'll go first because i yeah start started earlier I'd like to say first that we have a theme, as usual, and it is Billy. <laughs> the first name Billy. So I will be doing, I will be talking about Green Day. And if you're confused, the lead singer's name is Billy Joe Armstrong. Spelled <laughs> the same as Billy Eilish. And they're friends, so it just works out. So Green Day got their start in 1987. Wow. Way, way back, which is hard to even believe that they were alive. Because <laughs> that's just like, oh my God, that's a long time ago. So, Billy Joe Armstrong and the bassist, Mike Durnt, they formed their first band when they were 14 called Sweet Children. <laughs> they are from California, and these two are the only consistent members, um, I guess, since they... I don't know how to say this so like mick
1: fleetwood and uh
0: yeah they were the only ones but they who stayed they throughout. don't have a lot of people interchanging and coming in and out mm-hmm. but they they started and they're still going okay they're, they're the only two that have started obviously so they did a few live shows as sweet children and then they added a drummer named al sabrante um And they changed their name to Green Day after their love for weed. (laughs) And later, Billy said that he thought this was the worst band name in the world. But now, here they are. So, their first EP was called A Thousand Hours. They released it independently in May of 1989. Uh, Billy wrote... So, Billy writes all of their songs, mostly. Mm -hmm. So, Billy wrote this EP about his best friend's sister's his best friend's sister, Jennifer, who he had mm-hmm. a crush on. But she didn't have a crush on him back.
1: Dang.
0: That's <laughs> tough. <laughs> and this EP was very well received in the California hardcore punk scene. Mm-hmm. So they really started hammering in that punk like look to them. Yeah. So in 1990, they released a full-length album in April mm-hmm. called... Thirty nine smooth. It's thirty nine slash smooth, and it was modestly successful. Um, <laughs> they were only on like a little record label. It wasn't like a huge giant. Mm-hmm. So it sold just short of three thousand records, which was a lot for that right. tiny little label, mm-hmm. which was good. So then that summer, they put out an EP called Slappy. They recorded it and <laughs> they recorded it in a few hours, mm-hmm. around the time that their album came out. There are songs like Paper Lanterns, which they continue to perform live, like, Mm -hmm. forever. Why Don't You Want Him, which Billy wrote when he was 14. And a bunch of people thought it was about his stepdad, (laughs) but it wasn't. He confirmed that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. There is 409 in Your Coffee Maker, which is about when Billy put Clorox in one of his teacher's coffee makers. Um, As a prank. What? (laughs) (laughs) And the last song is Knowledge, which is a song by Operation Ivy um, that they covered and they still cover live to this day. So we're just going to skim past the fact that he put...
1: Clorox, yeah. Like, she's okay, right? I hope so. (laughs) I mean, they just said it was a prank, so So, it's not like no no death ensued. Yeah, he probably would have been charged for
0: something. Yeah. (laughs) But, so Operation Ivy is a like the main influence of specifically Billy, but the Mm -hmm. band in general. So then they put out an EP in August called Sweet Children after their first band name. And this was released under a bigger label called Skeen Records. Mm -hmm. And then that includes a cover of My Generation by The Who. Then in 91, they sign a new contract with a local independent label, Lookout Records, bigger than the last, um, because their last few projects were pretty successful. Mm -hmm. So in October of 91, they made a compilation of all of their first, the three first album and EPs called (laughs) 1039 slash smoothed out slappy hours. So just like a whole jumble of words that includes all their previous titles. Yeah. Shortly after its release, they replaced their drummer because he left to go to college, which is probably smart, but also yeah. he could have been a part of Green Day. Right. But they did replace him with their now drummer, Trey Cool. And he's, I mean, he's rec- pretty n- cool. <laughs> <laughs> you, you recognize, oh, his real name is Frank Edwin Wright III. But he looks like Trey Cool, and <laughs> I my, mean, <laughs> my name is but a little bit too long. <laughs> so these three are the classic three that you see now in Green Day, um, and on the website it said they continue to attract a cult following, and we will see that later. The mm. Green Day fandom is a cult. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, because it's just a bunch of punks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> So, 92, they put on an album in December called Kerplunk. This is the album that we get, Welcome to Paradise. Mm -hmm. Welcome to
1: Paradise. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Welcome to Paradise.
0: (laughs) So, the underground success of this album led to a wave of interest from major record labels. And they eventually decided to sign with Reprise Records, which is who they stick with from now on. In 93, they go on a tour. Um, that's pretty much what they were doing at the end of 92 and all year 93. Mm-hmm. So in 94, in February, they have their major label debut with the album Dookie. And MTV actually kind of shot them to success with their first single, Longview. Mm-hmm. So then Basket Case comes out and it spent five weeks on top of the American Modern Rock charts. Mm -hmm. And then their fourth single for this album was When I Come Around. And it stayed at number one on the Modern Rock charts for seven weeks. Wow. Yeah, and that was in early 95 though, so like way after the album came out. Yeah. This album also won the 94 Grammy for Best Alternative Music Performance. This is where the cult part comes in. They did a show in Boston at like an outdoor like amphitheater type venue. Okay. And there was a riot. Like people were like moshing and pushing so hard they pushed the barriers down and people were jumping on stage. Oh no. Then they moved to the city <laughs> and they were riding in the oh, city. Oh my
1: god.
0: And 100 people were injured and 45 people got arrested. This is what what is it called? It's called like group. It's not like, people go crazy for
1: literally no reason.
0: Yeah. Like, just because everyone else is doing. But it's funny. I watched a news clip from Boston from when this happened in mm-hmm. 94. And the way they were talking about Green Day, first of all, they put the emphasis really weird. I can't remember how they said it. They were like, I don't... they were just emphasizing the wrong syllable in Green Day. Green Day? Oh, uh, let me pull it up. It's so funny.
1: Well, the band is called Green Day, and I'm sure a lot of people right now are asking, who in the world are they, and what is it about them that could cause a disturbance? Joyce, what do you know about the group? Well, this is what I can tell you. They have been called punk rock's hyperactive problem children,
0: and I guess tonight we could say they lived up to that moniker. So that's my point. They were just like, who are they? Who even are these people? They're the problem children of punk rock. Anyways. Grab your kids. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Well, they're living up to their problem children moniker, as she says. As they do Woodstock in 94, Mm -hmm. they started a mud fight in which their bassist, Mike, was punched by a security guard who thought he was a fan on stage. (laughs) (laughs) And then they did Lollapalooza that year, too, and they just blew up after that. So we're moving on to 1995 in July. They put out a song called Jar, which was originally an unreleased track from the Dookie recording sessions and Mm -hmm. is featured on the movie Angus's soundtrack. (laughs) Hmm. And it debuted at number one. So nice. I don't think
1: I've ever seen Angus. Mm, I have not. I've never heard of it until now.
0: In October of that year, they put out their album Insomniac. It performed well initially, uh, entered the charts at number two. And singles on that album were, uh, none of its singles were popular, or what were, were as popular mm-hmm. as the ones from Dookie, but one of my favorite songs there is there, Brain Stew is on this album, and it was a single. So then 96, they were exhausted. <laughs> so they took a break, they canceled their European tour that they had planned, and they spent the rest of the year resting and writing new material. So that leads to ninety seven in October. They put out Nimrod, and this was written with the intent of creating a set of like just like standalone songs rather than like a cohesive album that has like a theme throughout the all of the songs like mm-hmm. normal. It was really experimental, and this is the album where we get Good Riddance time in parentheses time of your life, <laughs> which is a great song also. This year they sp- guest a. They made a guest appearance on an episode of King of the Hill, which is like (laughs) weird. And then they started a tour, which they kept going through till 2000.
1: I feel like most animated TV shows just always have a random fucking
0: band that yeah they animate the simpsons does it a lot yeah they put and like even like family guy they put celebrities in a lot yeah so yeah they're just touring 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 at this point in 99 they actually got another rhythm guitarist named john white Mm -hmm. which he didn't stay very long (laughs) um he just kind of went on their shows with them so we get to 2000 their tours winding down in october they put out warning which was more of a pop rock or pop punk album which they got criticized for and this was actually the lowest commercial slump of their career but people think it's because they put it out right after napster was created Mm. so people were just downloading the songs online and not paying for them right which then they don't get money (laughs) so people were listening to it they just didn't get to like they didn't get the benefits yeah so they go on a tour And in 2001, they make another compilation album called International Super Hits. And then 2002, in the spring, they co-headlined the Pop Disaster Tour with Blink-182 and put out another compilation album called Shenanigans, which their song Espionage on this album was featured in Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yes. And it was nominated for a Grammy for best rock instrumental performance. This ooh, is a little bit of drama. In 2003, they were working on an album called Cigarettes and Daydreams. Mm-hmm. And then they had 20 master recordings and they were stolen from the studio. So instead of like trying to get the work back or redoing it, they just like abandoned the album because they didn't think it was like their best work anyway. So they were like, eh, whatever, well, let's just move on.
1: Did anyone what? They find out they didn't know they, did they, they, they just didn't do anything. They're like, like
0: me because they randomly started a side project band, which didn't nobody knew it was actually them until twenty thirteen. People had speculated because they sounded the same. Right. But so this band name is The Network and they released one album called Money Money Twenty Twenty which i didn't get any money the <laughs> and they also this year they collaborated with iggy pop on his album but didn't put on an album of them their own and then so that was late 2003 so in 2004 in september they put out american idiot so this is categorized as an aggressive rock opera Don't be an American idiot. but there's a whole album yeah so it was a chart-topper around the world. It was multi-platinum, Grammy winner for Best Rock Album in 2005. And it is easily the best-reviewed album in their <laughs> career. And it actually became a protest album <laughs> oh. because of all the... Um, especially with the song American Idiot, because it's the talks about the media and all that. So they had songs. This is American Idiot, Holiday, Boulevard of Broken Dreams which won Grammy for Record of the Year at the 2006 Grammys, and Wake Me Up When September Ends. Wake me up when (laughs) September ends. Which, I didn't find this, but I always heard that that song was about 9-11. Really? But I...
1: No. Because
0: this was a protest album, I really don't think that's true.
1: And I feel like that would be kind of distasteful.
0: Yeah. At the time that was a lot. Yeah, it was like three years. Like yeah. exactly three years after. Um, but a little personal anecdote. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, in my memory, was the first song I knew all the words to. Mm-hmm. I was like three. And... Do you have memories from when you were that little that you, like, think are dreams or think that you just, like, thought up in your head? Yeah. I have this one that I don't know if it's true, but I have this weird memory of me standing on my kitchen table, like, after, like, a family party, singing this song to my like my extended family members, like, in a diaper. Like, I was that little. Yeah. <laughs> but because my older brother, Mitch, was a total Green Day nerd. I mean, he was in high school already. Yeah. Or he was, like, in eighth grade when this album came out. So, that year for his birthday, my mom got him a Green Day album, but pretended it was from, or not a Green Day poster, but pretended it was from me. Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever I'd walk into his room and see it, I'd be like, I got you that poster. But I didn't. (laughs) My mom just, or I, my mom got it, but I wanted to put my name on it. (laughs) It was my idea, I guess. But, yeah, that song is just a very, very special place in my heart. I love Uh, Green
1: Day. I think, I mean, I definitely am not, like, as big of a fan as maybe, like, my cousin, my cousin my aunt destiny.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I'm more familiar they have with the so old many stuff.
1: iconic mm-hmm. hits. Yeah. And I love punk rock music. It's so good.
0: Mm-hmm. It just makes you want to yell and stomp around. And I feel
1: nostalgic listening mm. to Green Day.
0: Yeah, same. Cuz it reminds me of when Mitch lived at home. <laughs> um so for this album they go on a world tour which in the southern states they said that their shows were always, like, 60 to 75% full, and they often got booed off because <laughs> of their, like, uber-political stance against um, Bush at this point because that's when he was rerunning oh, okay. for president. This was against um, John Kerry <laughs> oh. in 2004. So I only know that because of my media studies class. So that fall, they put out a live album called Bullet in a Bible. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Of the American Idiot world tour. So 2005 to 2008, they were just like kind of laying low. They were doing shows. They were in the Simpsons movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, oh my God, I totally remember that. Yeah. Actually. Really? Yeah, because they perform and then like the stage sinks. (laughs) Wow. That was just, that shot me back. Um, they recorded an album of 60 styles rock under the alias Foxboro Hot Tubs called Stop Drop and Roll, mm-hmm. with three exclamation points, which is weird. They just like created shit ton of albums not under the Green Day name, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> so in 2009, they finally put out all the material that they've been working on for Green Day mm-hmm. in May, which is 21st Century Breakdown. This is another ambitious punk rock opera, which is weird to think about like Billy Joel Armstrong singing opera. Yeah. It's not, it's just like that level of like ah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the
0: so they actually started working on this album in 2006 and since 2006 Billy wrote 45 songs for this album. Oh my god. <laughs> of course they didn't put 45 songs on the album. <laughs> i sure. But it was that. heavily curated. It won the 20- 2009 Grammy for best rock album, so that's their second Grammy, I believe? Third? Third Grammy? I don't know. And this featured the song 21 Guns, which is weird to think. We were like conscious human beings at that point. Right. And then in 2010, they collaborated with a Broadway producer to make the American Idiot Broadway show.
1: Ooh. What?
0: And they also had their own rock band game, Green Day Rock Band. (laughs) (laughs) So just like a weird year of doing... Kind of nothing but shows and side projects and Broadway musicals and yeah, video games, <laughs> profiting off of their yeah previous right. success. So in 2011, they put out the awesome as fuck live album and they did a tour under the Foxboro Hot Tubs name. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I was like, if they did a Green Day tour, they're expected to be like arena world tour. But if they go under this little alias, then they can do like little shows and like people who like really are dedicated knowing about them get to go to these little shows and just like a more intimate thing. Wait, that's really cool. I I know. I love that. I don't know if that's the reason that they actually did it. That's just what came into my head. (laughs) Um, But in 2012, they announced at the beginning of the year that they are putting out three albums. And then, so like each individual band member would have their face on every album. So it was Uno, Dos, Trey, not Trey's, Trey, because Trey was on the third album. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing though. the first one comes out in September called Uno, and that one has Billy on the front. It's a, they had a disco rock single called Kill the DJ, and then they had an arena rocker called Oh Love, that were the singles. But the weekend before it was released, they were doing a set at the iHeartRadio Music Festival uh-huh. in Vegas, and Billy had a breakdown on stage, oh, wow. <laughs> and he then entered rehab. For substance abuse right after that. So all of their tour plans canceled and he was in rehab for the release of the first of the three albums. But show goes on. November, Dose comes out as scheduled with Mike on the front. Mm -hmm. And then in December of 2012, Trey comes out with Trey on the front. And then in September of 2013, they put out a documentary of the making of the trilogy of the albums called (laughs) Quattro. They were just banging out content. Because Billy is just like serial songwriter. He has so many in his pack. <laughs> I don't know. In his pocket. Up his sleeve. So in 2013, they go on their 99 Revolutions tour. Mm-hmm. And in April of 2014, they put out a collection of 18 demos called demo <laughs> that were recorded in the making of the Uno Dos Trey trilogy. Okay. So, unreleased songs pretty much that were going to go on the albums but didn't.
1: So, were the 45 songs that he wrote did those all go into the the three? I have no
0: idea. I think probably some of them probably did mm-hmm. cuz like on the other albums they put out songs like in the 2010s that Billy wrote when he was 14. Right. In 87. Yeah. So, possible. It's possible. I don't think they talk about it much, though. So in 2015, Fall Out Boy inducts them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ah, <laughs> Fall Out Boy! <laughs> and they released a single called x miss Time of Year, just in time for the 2015 holidays. Mm-hmm. In 2016, in October, they put out the album Revolution Radio and toured with it. So Bang Bang was... A single and Still Breathing was another single, which this album actually did pretty well. In 2017, in November, they put out a career spanning compilation album called Greatest Hits, God's Favorite Band. <laughs> okay. And this actually included an unreleased song called Back in the USA. So then 2018, they're not really doing much, just shows, you know, just hanging out. And in April, they put out a, a vinyl, actually, of their live performance at Woodstock. Okay. And so it was commemorating their 25th anniversary. And they did... It was... Actually, it was released on Record Store Day. And so they did, like, a limited pressing Ooh, of the vinyl. That's cool. So it's, like, a limited edition type vinyl. And then they go on the Hella Mega Tour with Fall Out Boy and Weezer in 2019. That would have been a good tour to go to. Yes. And I think they actually had shows in 2020 that they canceled. Right. For COVID. For COVID. Sad, sad, sad. But they're still active in 2020. In February, they put out a new album called Father of All Motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It was a, it's a really short album. Mm -hmm. And the songs are more like soul, anthemic rock like, queen-type stuff. but So that was, like, different, but the album still debuted at number four despite mixed critical reviews. And this is where they kind of... They go back to The Network, their their band, their side project band that they created a long time ago. Yeah. 17 years before this, or 18 years ago now. So on November 2nd, 2020, The Network released a music video for their first song in 17 years named Ivanka is a Nazi. <laughs> and Ivanka has three Ks. KKK. Ooh. So really, really, really political. Yes. And this was for the album Money, Money 2020 Part 2, We Told You So. So they're like, I don't know. Green Day has always been political. <laughs> yeah. So then actually just last month, almost exactly on Sunday last month, they put on a new single called Here Comes the Shock, which has yet to become an album because <laughs> okay. that was only a month ago. Yeah. But that brings us up to date with Green Day. We really just went through how many years is that? 87 to 2021. Um, I have no idea. Like 23, 24 years. Yeah, something like that. So my top songs for Green Day are, of course, Burl- Boulevard of Broken Dreams, the song that I, the first song I knew all the words to. Mm-hmm. My other favorites are "Basket Case," "Brain Stew," and "Welcome to Paradise." They're just classics. Make you wanna stomp and raise your fist to the man. <laughs> Maybe throw him a finger. Stick it to the <laughs> man.
1: <Podiosis. laughs> <laughs> They're terminal. Every last one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's School the of rock What's the principal's records? name? Um, I don't know, but the fat kid. Hey, Bovo, you're the man. <laughs> In the hallway. <laughs> Um, my recommended artists, if you like Green Day, these are all very well-known artists. Um, Blink-182, The Offspring, Weezer, and Sublime. They are all credited for influencing each other, (laughs) and they are just all part of this 80s, 90s, early 2000s... Pop, punk, rock. Pop, punk, rock movement, if you want to call it that. Yes. So, Green Day also influence someone very special near and dear to our hearts miss mm-hmm. Billie eilish layla tell us about her all right
1: so i'm gonna start off with talking about my relationship with Billie. um so i didn't know who she was you want to know something funny i don't know what made me make this assumption but when i heard people talking about Billie eilish For some reason, I had this uh, predisposition that she was British. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know why. And I was just expecting an English person singing and it wasn't. And I was like, oh,
0: she's actually from LA.
1: (laughs) Um, So I didn't start, I didn't hear a Billie Eilish song until about the middle of my senior year, which was like in 20, beginning of 2019. Um, oh so like when we all fall asleep where do we go yeah so it was right after that came out and I actually the first song I heard of it wasn't even Billy singing it was my cousins uh Gabby and Jordana they sung uh You she were gay uh at their school talent show and my aunt sent me a video of it and I was like wait that's a really good song that's a good song I was like maybe I should listen to Billy so I went uh. I went, I listened to that song, watched the video, and then I went to all of these, all of her other songs, and... Wow, right? Wow. I can't imagine experiencing all of her music at once. (laughs) Listen, all... The thing is, I have never been, like, there are very few songs that like will make me feel a certain emotion mm. and i think that's when you can tell when a song is really good is when it like really touches your soul and yeah. it wasn't necess- uh, the so and it wasn't even the song when the party's over it was the video that made me cry yeah for no reason yeah, it's literally nothing crying black tears and but like she's such an artist musically like she's in her blood her like mind is just so creative and like yeah. she
0: did you know she amazing. has that um thing where when she listens to music she like sees colors. Yeah. And, and that's like in her journal, as we saw in the documentary, like mm-hmm. she's like, this is what the song looks like. Yeah. It's just so cool. Um I love her brain.
1: So I'm not I'm not gonna go through like the full documentary uh of uh it's called uh the world's a little blurry Um, on Apple TV if you want to watch it please go watch it. It's
0: so good I've seen it four times and I cry every time
1: (laughs) Um, Oh okay so going back to me and Billy. so (laughs) she headlined Summerfest in 2019 the summer after my senior year and I never got tickets or anything but I went to Summerfest the day that she was performing Um, and so I was there with my ex. It's not that important but it is kind of important for the purpose of this story um so we had walked up to the I think it's the American Family Insurance Theater uh we we walked up to the gates and I was like because I wanted to see if I could at least hear her because I definitely couldn't see her and I couldn't hear her and this (laughs) this really sketchy guy he came up to us and was trying to sell tickets to us um and we like we weren't really we were like no 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 we're fine or whatever and then he said oh so he pulled he pulled my ex away and they were they went and talked separately and i was just standing there like like waiting for them to stop talking and he my ex came back and was like all right he said come to the bathroom with me and i'll give you a discount and i was like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not um so obviously that uh, made the suspicion rise even more mm. and I was like absolutely not you're not doing that and honestly no shade but if I knew he was going to be this the my ex mm. I would have made him go in the bathroom <laughs> because I will do anything for Billie Eilish <laughs> Um, a little something recent oh we have a poster of her in our living room mm-hmm. as well so this is what kind of sparked the idea of the podcast because mm-hmm. Grace got me this huge, mm-hmm. huge portrait of- uh, Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. And so I have it framed and it's the biggest like piece in our uh, living room. And then I was at Target and saw Billy Billie Eilish poster for $5 and I was like,
0: heck yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I put it up and I was like, this is turning into music. very music
0: themed. Yeah. Which- and Describes our entire relationship, yeah. anyways.
1: Right. So yes, I love Billy, and not to brag or anything, but your best friend Caitlin told me as that I kind of sound like her, and you definitely have the same eyes and nose as her. Yes, I have a slight resemblance. <laughs> I'm sure if I like dressed up as her for Halloween, it'd be oh yeah, it'd be pretty good, uncanny. But um,
0: you're around the same height too. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, okay. <laughs> Um, so let's go into talking about how Miss Billy got her start. So Mm. Billie Eilish Pirate Baird (laughs) O'Connell. The weirdest name. Uh, was born December 18th, 2001, which makes her a Sagittarius. Oh, very cute. (laughs) Um, I thought she was going to be a Capricorn. I thought December 18th would be that. And I was like, it makes so much sense. I love her. (laughs) The end of December is. But no, she's a Sag. And, which also makes her exactly, or not exactly,
0: but three and a half months-ish younger than me. That's what, we were talking about this after we watched, or during, while we were watching the documentary the other night. Was that last night? Yeah, it was. Just how weird it is that she's a year and a month younger than me. Mm -hmm. And I look up to her so much. Yeah. And it's just so weird to think about, like, there's that normal, like, conventional hierarchy that as you're older you feel more like authority over someone that's younger than you right but maybe it's her fame or just like i, I feel like i
1: just have so much respect for her as a human being like yeah. she's, she's younger than me but she is so mature yeah and she she's way more mature than- is like making she had to be right and she's definitely like she is just an amazing person she mm-hmm. uh is a humanitarian and not only does she make incredible music but she is an incredible person right just in general yeah that does command a lot of respect because we don't really like famous people who are dicks
0: no you know they get canceled
1: (laughs) um so Billie eilish grew up in los angeles california
0: with her mom maggie is it baird baird yeah wait hold on did you find anywhere that phineas gave her middle name pirate it was phineas's idea you know, i
1: think i heard that before but i didn't write it down so i'm glad you yeah. mentioned that
0: um that's cool
1: they let their son <laughs> give billy her middle name um so oh maggie baird uh she was an actress she worked on shows like x files six feet under and bones cool um I didn't know that. and she's voice acted for multiple video games which oh it's kind of cool um her dad patrick o'connell he's a really cool mustache i love her dad's mustache he's he just looks like such a cute little man yeah like just like one of those man mans mans (laughs) like you ever see like an old man like driving a car and you're just like oh like he
0: just looks cute his mustache is really majestic
1: um, so Patrick O'Connell, uh, he's acted in shows like uh, Supergirl and The West Wing. And he also made an appearance on Iron Man. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Um, Billy was homeschooled with her older brother, Phineas, who is another musician, which I'll definitely, we'll probably cover at some point in time. So I won't go into detail with his workings or his musical works. But yeah. Um, <laughs> He's very
0: intertwined with Billy, though he writes she, a lot of her yeah, music. But she, yeah,
1: she she works with Billy. She he works <laughs> so he works a lot with Billy on her music. Um, and yeah, so she she's also vegan. Mm-hmm. Um. I I only knew that recently, I think she went vegan in like 2017 or something. I um, only
0: knew that because she had vegan uh, chicken nuggets in her hot wings. Oh, yeah, I did watch that (laughs) interview.
1: Um, When she was eight, she joined the Los Angeles Children's Choir, and that showed her musical talent pretty early on. Yeah. Um, So her mom was... Their homeschool teacher, and uh, she had a songwriting class. Um, cool. So at age 11, Billy wrote a song about. Uh, a zombie apocalypse for her mom's class and uh it inspired her to start writing more songs with Phineas but so when I was doing research on this that part in particular made me think that Billy really liked writing songs but after watching the documentary she She hated it it. and Phineas is really good at it but I think I I can't even imagine
0: writing a song I I feel like it's so hard just from my interpretation this may not be true at all but it's It must be so scary to put all your feelings into one thing and putting it out for the world to hear. So I'm sure, like, because I know my brain is just like a never-ending loop of overthinking. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I think hers is too. She's dealt with a lot of depression and anxiety. So and like picking thoughts out to like say out loud is so hard when your brain is just so crowded full of stuff and yeah just I'm sure she's so scared to like and she talked about that a lot in the documentary
1: of how like she she was always worried about like what the internet was gonna think Mm -hmm. about it and but at the same time she had the a really good mindset I think of being like people you should make art the way you want to make art and yeah. people interpret it mm-hmm. in different ways and
0: and also her point of like when uh they were talking about her and her mom were talking about i forget which song it was uh, uh everything i wanted She talked about jumping yeah off. that's a bridge though i think it was a part of her album um is it uh <laughs> listen before i go yes. so in listen before i go she's talking about jumping off the top of a building great and her mom was like, are you sure you want to say that? Like, are you are you seriously implying that? And she's like, well, yeah, but my point is I'm writing these songs so I don't. Like, I have this right. outlet to express how I feel without actually acting on it, which I right. thought was really important for her. And I feel like
1: she's really kind of making a lot of headway in um – talking, being open about mental illness Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, depression and stuff, all all like that. And, um, I think she mentioned in sometime in the documentary that, uh, why would, why is it wrong for me to put out sad music? Like, yeah, I'm not happy all the time. So why am I going to pretend that I'm happy all the time? Like sadness, um, and depression, I mean, sadness is just an emotion that everybody experiences except for sociopaths. um um, so so she's caught she's like turning heads with her lyrics but is kind of moving in a positive direction towards uh people realizing that they probably need help right um so we totally just
0: got way off track so her yeah her favorite
1: artists and inspirations at that time included lana del rey justin bieber which Mm, she is obsessed with she loves him. him Uh, The Beatles and Green Day was one of her big inspos as well. Um, She tried out acting for a little bit, but didn't really like it. Um, She ended up doing some background dialogue for movies like Diary of a Wombie Kid, Ramona and Beezus, which had Joey Joey King and Selena Gomez. What a
0: life growing up in in L.A. with actor parents. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I mean, right. She kind of had... Her path set up for her almost right like and, and
0: she- it's funny it's ironic actually in the documentary she's like it's not about where i grew up it's about my parents and like my family and how their dynamic how it shaped her to be this pop star or mm-hmm. pop star i don't know rock star <laughs> <laughs> but it really growing up in la there's a whole slew of opportunities that she wouldn't have if she grew up in michigan or right somewhere rural you know yeah so she says that it's not about la but it is about la to some degree
1: <laughs> but even if it wasn't la like you, you have even more opportunities with your parents right already being in the industry yeah but um to be in the industry they have to be in la <laughs> <laughs> um uh so she wanted to focus more on her music and uh when billy was 13 she recorded ocean eyes which was written by her brother phineas and she uploaded it to SoundCloud, which went viral overnight. Yeah, of course. And that was her start to the to her
0: rise mm. to the top of the music industry. Rise—it was more of like a freaking rocket to the top. Freaking uh, slingshot. Yeah, literally. Oh my god. Plus, her voice, like, technically, has grown so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so
1: mature now. Uh, so after that went viral, Billy um, ended up signing with Dark Room, the label, in 2016, which, uh, released Billy's Don't Smile At Me, uh, EP. I love that EP! In August of, of 2017, um, which was written by her and her brother Phineas, and there was only eight songs on it, but was still... I love that album. Yeah. Like, there's... I... There's very few... Like artists that, like, I will love an entire album, like, start to finish.
0: She is an and album. She is one, one of those. Yeah, I love every single song she's ever put out, which is okay. I'm gonna interrupt you for a second okay. because this EP is when I adopted her from Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I am going to say Caitlyn is her most OG fan. Billy, I'm gonna shout or, out. Yeah, Caitlyn was. She was there at the very, very beginning and went to her tour of Don't Smile At Me. Her ticket was $12 for the front row. (laughs) And it was like, just like in a tiny theater in Chicago. But so when I adopted her from Caitlin, after she went to that show and showed me all the videos, I was like, just so captivated by her. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like knowing about her and sort of being like indifferent, but then they were the revival of the show TRL mm-hmm. and she was on it she was wearing this huge yellow coat Puff jacket yeah. and those huge yellow pants. And she had her, she was, Oh my God, she was so little. She didn't even have her like Invisalign yet, oh my gosh. <laughs> but that's when I was really like, Oh my God, I actually really like her and started listening to the EP. Yeah. Mm.
1: So good. Um, And so that EP peaked at uh, number 14 on the billboard 200 Um. So, oh, some tracks that I like from that song are, or the the really popular songs from that album are uh, Bellyache, My Boy, and Copycat. Already from that album, she is making amazing music, but she is doing it in a style that is not the mainstream. Like she uses a lot of bass electronic mm. music. I mean, she makes all of her music that she makes is in her brother's bedroom. Yeah. Still, still to this day, so. <laughs> or on tour. Yes, um, so her fame came so quick. Uh, and before we knew it, her debut album, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? released in March of 2019 along with her releasing Bad Guy, which was her first mega hit of her career. Everybody knows Bad Guy now. My stepdad knows a lot of other people who have sung Bad Guy as, like, covers. Uh, a, Yeah, a lot of, like, pretty much everybody mm-hmm. knows that.
0: I know I've told you this a million bazillion times when I tell everybody this, but the day that this album came out, mm-hmm. I was anticipating it so hard. I was driving home a 14-hour car ride from um, Pensacola, mm-hmm. Florida, and I listened to her album on repeat the entire way home. <laughs> and in that car ride, I formed a unbreakable bond with the song I Love You. Mm-hmm. And when she performed it live, I sobbed oh my God. so yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her in, I want to say April of 2019. Mm-hmm. So I'll go into her tour a little bit. Um, in Chicago, at least, she had sold out Aragon Ballroom, which is a completely standing room. It's not an arena. It's more of like a theater. Mm -hmm. And so Caitlin and I had gotten tickets for the general admission at the Aragon Ballroom. But since this is, I think they didn't anticipate her being so famous at this point. Okay. So they booked smaller venues. So when the album came out and it was at such of a success that it was. Yeah. They upgraded to like a full arena tour Mm -hmm. and they upgraded her to the United Center. And me and Caitlin were so excited, but then we realized that they were reassigning our tickets to seats rather than just keeping us all in the general admission. Mm-hmm. And we were some of the lucky ones. We got in like the 100 level mm-hmm. of the arena, but we knew some people that had bought tickets in general admission and were up in the 300 level of the United Center. Oh, wow. So that was, and there was a lot of controversy about that. She got a lot of backlash for mm-hmm. that. But I feel it like was, that was
1: kind of out of her control.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, it, de- it wasn't her, yeah. but her team should have thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, the show was amazing. Like, I can't put it into words. Mm-hmm. Again, I love you. I sobbed. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God she didn't have any broken ankles at that point yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, her tour, I mean, it was pretty much a stamp of her Coachella set. Mm-hmm. But the visuals during All the Good Girls Go to Hell, she had burning baby dolls in the background. <laughs> Ugh, it was so good. So you can continue. Um. So... And this album
1: even captured her unique style even more. Um, she was very positively outspoken. She talked about even more controversial things and um, I'm sure was making people angry. <laughs> Old <laughs> definitely, um, Especially with her song, Zanny, which is um, about her surrounding herself with self-destructing, people. self-destructive people and uh that she didn't need drugs to have a good time
0: yeah the lyric that really sums up the whole song is i can't afford to love someone who isn't dying by mistake and she's said that forever Mm -hmm. like they're consciously making decisions that is lessening their lifespan and she ain't for it yeah So still in 2019, she ended up winning um,
1: an MTV Video Award, um, an American Music Award, and was named Billboard's Woman of the Year in 2019. So that's pretty cool. Those were her first like really big Mm -hmm. achievements. So then in January, 2020, Billie became the youngest artist, the youngest artist to write and record the title track for the James Bond movie series. So yes, that was called No Time to Die. Um, which I feel like that's her only song that I don't really listen to. Me neither. I mean, it's not a bad song, no, it's, it's just, just really James Bond, yes, <laughs> which was her assignment, so she did really well, yes. Um, so for the 2020 Grammys, uh, uh Billy became the first woman and the second artist overall to sweep the big four. Uh, the categories were Album of the Year, Song of the Year. record Record of of the year year. and best new artist and then on top of that she also got best
0: pop vocal album and Phineas got producer of the year she had an arm. she had to hug they had what 11 together yes that year yeah crazy and
1: watching the documentary and watching like all of the artist reactions every time billy was getting called up for these awards they were like what the fuck yeah like they weren't actually like that they're good sports i'm sure but yeah Dang, she really cashed out in twenty twenty. Um, rightfully so. Yeah, she deserved every single one, I think. Mm. Um, she won and then she won two Grammys in 2021. Um <laughs> just last weekend. Yes. And that included record of the year for Everything I Wanted, the song, uh, which was I remember when that came out last year. That was wow. I mean, people were talking about it all the time. And it was it's a song about her struggle with uh mental illness and her brother uh being kind of like her saving her guardian angel mm-hmm. kind of um
0: I love that that's one of the songs like I love you mm-hmm. and everything I wanted you can really hear Phineas's backup vocals yeah and I I think that's just so special especially for everything I wanted yeah and so <sighs>
1: Her and her brother are obviously really close, mm-hmm. and watching the documentary, you can really see how like close they are and their dynamic with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us up to date with Billy. She, I mean, just literally two days ago, week. she dyed her hair blonde. Um, <laughs> Revealed she was wearing a wig for two months. So I'm well. I'm not really gonna go fully into the the documentary because. It, it's, well, if you're an OG Billy fan and you want to watch the documentary, go watch it. Yeah. It's really good. Um, you will cry. <laughs> uh, so some takeaways from the documentary that I thought were important was like she is a perfectionist, for sure. Yes, she cannot absolutely. she did not want to put anything out that she felt was half-assed yeah, or
0: inauthentic. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, she didn't like being directed by other people. She is an artist on her own and she needed full authority and control. Yeah. In order to make it what she wants in her mind.
0: I don't, I I wanted to point this out and I don't know if you caught it, but when they wrapped for... When the party's over, mm-hmm. did you hear her say, I'm directing all my music videos from now yeah, on? Like she was just so frustrated, yeah, that someone was trying to bring to life her vision when she could just do it herself. Right. Um uh
1: again with Phineas, he is like a I wouldn't say a crutch, not at all, but like she Phineas definitely pushes Billy mm-hmm. a lot to like be.
0: He's like a mentor.
1: Yeah. So another interesting thing, uh, the the documentary really goes into um, her Tourette's, um, mm-hmm. which is something that I thought about mentioning before in my research, but I feel like Billy would not would rather not us like speak on it mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I didn't want to make that the main point. Yeah. Of, her music because it's not. And she hit it pretty well. I didn't even know she had Tourette's until, um, people made a lot of compilations of it actually. Like,
0: yeah. During
1: interviews, radio interviews where she just like blinks and like turns her head. And (laughs) it's not the kind of Tourette's that are, is verbal. Yeah. Um, it's just Her her eyes will move around and she'll move her head. Um, so it's really not like extremely noticeable, but it is an insecurity of hers. I think, uh,
0: Yeah, she definitely tries to hide it.
1: Um, She used to dance. She used to be a really, really good dancer. Um, And she loved it, but then she tore her growth plate in in her her hip, um, which she mentioned that she doesn't want to screw up her music career because she loved dance, but she can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was one of her passions. So, like, she can't mess this up because this... Is a big passion of hers. Hold on. Wait to... It also goes into um, a relationship that she was in with, I think, a very toxic yeah. person. He um, had his own
0: stuff going on, but he's got three names. She calls him Q. His real name is Brandon. And his rapper name is Seven Amp. Mm-hmm. So she also calls him Sev. Sev. <laughs> uh,
1: and I mean, they didn't show like obviously everything. But from what I saw, he definitely seemed like. Just like kind of an asshole.
0: Yeah. She wasn't Um, a priority. Right. Which he did come out and say that he was going, he was dealing with his brother's death, which is obviously a very valid reason to not have a girlfriend be a priority. But at that point, it's like, don't be in a relationship. And don't, don't put on a front that you're going to make her a priority and then blow her off every chance.
1: Right. I mean, there was, uh, in the documentary when she met Justin Bieber at Coachella uh she had called him and like wanted was wanting to hang out with him he was also at Coachella just probably at a different area Mm -hmm. and wanted to meet up with him and he straight up was like I'd rather hang out with my friends yeah so and
0: like do drugs and get drunk
1: yeah so there was that talked about a lot and she's really obsessed with Justin Bieber yeah
0: so when after she met Justin at the Ariana Grande set at Coachella he texted her later and was saying how Oh yeah, when
1: she was stopping on the couch mm-hmm. reading it. Um I don't know exactly what he said. It was yeah, like a I,
0: pretty long time. I don't know word was... for word, but he was basically saying, you know like you're amazing for you Mm -hmm. not for what you do and remember that like because he went through all the struggles as we all know yeah and because he was everybody put his value in his music and not him right so he's saying value yourself and not what you do even though what you do is amazing right and basically like He remembers when he was 15 and now he's 25. It's 10 years later. Mm -hmm. And just talking about keeping her head straight and not thinking, telling her not to think that she's better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) Claudia, Phineas's girlfriend, was like, you got to be friends with him. Like you have to surround yourself
1: with people. Phineas was like,
0: you need to be friends with people that value you and not value your fame and your... Right. artistic ability like mm-hmm. i thought that was just really important and i think that stars that that happens to like justin bieber you know miley cyrus mm-hmm. selena gomez all those disney kids it's important for them to stick together and even like Katy perry we saw them at coachella kind of bonding over like yeah this shot shoot to fame so right. yeah just like and it's hard because she was homeschooled so she doesn't have like old old friends Mm -hmm. she's got a few good friends Mm -hmm. like the ones she took on tour with her but
1: right um
0: so yeah I mean
1: I feel weird kind of talking about Billy right now because like it's it's appropriate for me to talk about her because she's a huge thing Mm -hmm. in media um but obviously she's literally 19 like she has not yet right reach her peak I don't think
0: yeah so we get to talk about her again
1: <laughs> we'll give updates yeah Billy um, did this this week <laughs>
0: um
1: so so my top five songs of hers are literally every song but I had to narrow it down um I love the song future it yes. is. I believe one of her, her second most recent release Uh, besides this, the
0: oh, with the one with Rosalia, and she
1: sings in Spanish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Los Alvidar. Yes. Yeah. So it is because it came out this summer. Mm -hmm.
1: So I love Future. Uh, The song "I Love You" is amazing, (laughs) and I love. It made me cry. Therefore, I am. It's such a bop. I love it. I always forget about it. Damn. Uh, When the party's over and I don't want to be you anymore. It's amazing. That was my cry. Okay,
0: so I have these like really self-deprecating, deprecating, deprecating, deprecating. self-deprecating cry songs, Mm -hmm. and "I don't want to be you anymore" is one of them, along with "Liability" Mm -hmm. by Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So speaking of Lord, uh, some
1: (laughs) similar artists uh that kind of have the same vibe as billy um grimes Troy, Sivan, Mm. Khalid, uh, Lord, and Lana Del Rey are a few. Um, I mean, if you, I feel like Billy. If you don't listen to her music, you might look at her and be like, "Oh, she's depressed and she only sings like really sad songs about Mm -hmm. killing herself." No, it's not. I don't think that of her at all. I think she might have a more like soft tone. To her music but it is also it i feel like it is complemented by the instrumentals mm-hmm. it is like just insane the it, in bad guy they sampled sounds from uh crosswalks yeah and it's just it's so cool i love her music so much Follow us on Instagram. Why aren't we sleeping? We've got Twitter at W A W S -S podcast.
0: I forgot to mention it last week, but we, every episode we're doing a Spotify playlist of of our top songs from the artists and our recommended artists. So that link is in our link tree on our Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Anchor FM, Spotify playlist, Spotify Spotify podcast uh google podcasts we're everywhere now and we found out today that four percent
1: of our listeners are in australia yeah so so whoever if you're in victoria australia please let us know who you are (laughs) and why how you found us because i don't know (laughs) all right babies sleep Sleep tight sleep tight don't let those bed bugs bite. we'll see you soon Bye. Bye. bye